try not to make it too cheesy. <laughs> well, we already know that's not going to work. <laughs> the cheese is coming. Uh, the, the cheese, cheese is, is coming. coming. Guilty. <laughs> You're listening to The John Cheese Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. How are you doing, everyone? This is your co-host, Nathan Nowak, along with Patrick and KJ. How are you guys doing on this lovely recording night? Hello. It's oh, good to be hello. here. Thanks for having me on our show. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for coming. I'm doing all right. I picked up. We're, we're recording at a new time. Nobody cares, but we're recording at a new time. And I normally, as soon as work gets done, I like basically sprint out of my house just to like start moving so that I because I haven't moved much and today I decided to work late and that was a bad decision mm. so mm. you rushed home I'm I feeling, saw your text I was like uh yeah <laughs> yeah I was like well I'm, I'm just feeling the I haven't moved much today vibes so like For my sure. step count is probably under 3,000 I gotta check mine I had an opposite day actually I had a few well I had some stuff I was working on but I had one call that I took and I walked around outside because it was nice out and I walked yeah. for like 40 minutes worth of the call. So I'm hoping that equals to two miles because I feel like I generally walk a mile every 20 minutes. But um, that felt nice. And then I took another walk to get not healthy food. But I walked I walked there and I walked back. <laughs> so that, so, that offsets a little the steps, bit. Yeah. yeah. I, the steps, sure. I, I think. I don't know. Probably not. But it's fine. I'm, but I'm other than that, it's, it's been an okay too. day. It's How are you doing? Nathan. I'm doing great. Um, it's finally starting to warm up, although today was a little chilly this morning and windy. But it start I, there's you can see on the horizon of of uh, the temperatures that they're starting to go back up, and it's right around my. It's going to get to my perfect temperatures in the 60s. I, I love the 60s. The 60s are in your perfect 60s. temperatures. Yeah, oh 60s, my interesting. You know, to low 70s. Those are my things. It starts getting too hot. I hate it. Yeah, it's too cold. Of course. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I hate that too. But so. Yeah, I'm, he doesn't I'm just like that, it. He hates it. I, yeah. I, oh yeah, it's vehement. It. The number vehement? one thing I, I could never. No offense to people living in Arizona, but I could never live in Arizona because of the it's heat. a dry heat. It doesn't. It matter. is. It's nice. I like Arizona. I liked Arizona oh. after going there. I I also said the same thing that I've yeah. never lived there, but now I'm like, no. I mean, I like you were really in the desert space, though, right? Uh, desert space. Yeah. You were like flew into Phoenix and then drove immediately north, so you were oh back, yeah, yeah 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 out of the yeah. desert, kind of so. No, it's definitely it's, more into the desert. And out of wild. the desert, into the desert, like through the snowy forest. It was weird. It was That's like fair. you get yeah. everything. I was going to say, like from Phoenix to Flagstaff is like, how is it even in the same state? It's wild. Like it's coming up. Like, honestly, we went to the Wupaki uh, National Monument, which is like an indigenous pla- or land. And it's like untouched by society, except for like the small welcome center and stuff. And driving out of some of those hills and like seeing out and it's literally like you're driving on the surface of like Tatooine or something like it is <laughs> like it was wild to me to see that. And I'm just like, it feel it felt like we we're on another planet. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, actually, West Arizona and like Eastern California is not that far from where they filmed Tatooine. I mean, I wouldn't surprise me. It so, like, felt like the second time a desolate place time. of uh, a hive of scum and villainy. 
even yeah. though that's uh, most Isley specifically. No, it's, <laughs> the Jabba's Jabba's Palace section mm, was there, filmed oh, yes. yeah, yeah. in the desert <laughs> yeah. area. Yeah, not not a Mos Eisley. That was filmed <laughs> way over um, in West Asia. Asia. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I have nothing problem problem with the scenery, the food, the people, the activities. It's just the heat. Ooh, it just yeah. gets so hot there for me, and I, I sweat so easily, and I hate sweating. Wow, what a bit. Always, you know, <laughs> I mean. It, if it's is cold, your I can put on more 60- clothes. But when it's too hot, I mean, you, only so many. You know, so, so is your threshold you sixty to sixty nine, or is it like you can <laughs> breach into the seventies, you can get down into the fifties, or you're like sixty two to sixty eight, like mean, you're like in a tight I have range, a fairly large range. I'm gonna say let's go. It's 60, about sixty four to sixty two to seventy five. I'd say sixty two to seventy five. All right, the ceiling range. is raised oh a bit. Yeah. Okay. So. That's fun. This is like, like the most dad level conversation <laughs> slash intro I think we've ever had. That is that that commercial where they is that like a progressive commercial or something where turn into our parents. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> that guy, he's just like, no, stop. <laughs> like, when I was watching the Weather Channel, I saw. No. I like the one where he's turned the guy's turned around facing everybody in the elevator. <laughs> he's like, see how everyone else is standing. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, that's what my dad would do: just face people in the elevator and talk to them uncomfortably. How is your uh, body temperatures? Like mine's always been low. Like I want to say mine's a degree. Like you know, it's not eighty ninety eight point six. I say mine's like. 97.3 97.4 you guys have any opinion on that <laughs> i don't i feel like i run hot because oh, i sweat okay. super easily and like i don't know just like it makes like i feel like i get hot really fast mm-hmm. but i like it to be cooler in the places that i inhabit um so yeah I don't know, but I have not done the science the science <laughs> to measure my temperatures and Your know that like I run at like ninety eight point two or something. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, same. Just, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was you know just a me thing. Maybe it's in a you know. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Thing. It sounds like it's a you thing. It's let us know. Like it's com- a let us know thing. in the comments <laughs> of the socials. Thing. Is anyone or else send us an email or send us leave us a voicemail <laughs> and let us yeah, know. Just, just call in your body. Like, yeah, I run temperatures. Yeah, I run. <laughs> <laughs> no other context. That's hilarious. But uh, yeah, so today what we're doing? Uh, oh, so far before we get too far, we should also for our new listeners explain what John Chi Show means. That's true. You so, should explain what John yeah, Chi Show means. I think, or well, actually, what John Chi means. Yeah, the show right I think ahead. is pretty self-explanatory. That's true. We are a show <laughs> about the John Chi's. <laughs> so we call ourselves. The John Chi show because John Chi in Korean means to feast. And we in in addition to feasting on the show, which we do at the end of every episode, generally, we celebrate our shared heritage as in culture and identities and community as Korean American adoptees. And sometimes we do that with other people, aka guests. And sometimes we do that by ourselves, aka by ourselves. <laughs> and that's what this that's what this episode is today. I don't know if that was a good explanation, but I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> explanation of by ourselves. Yes. Give me like a B plus. B plus. That's pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. What are we talking about today? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Today. Well, I just I had some things uh, that I had heard in my life that I think are interesting, uh, and and stirred up some things in me uh the first of which uh was this comment so i was listening to this podcast called straight white american jesus and i think i've mentioned it on the show but 
they specifically had a guest on who was talking about, amongst other things, being uh, part of the queer community whilst also being in Christian spaces uh, mm. generally. And uh, okay, here we go. So this is specifically uh, this was the writer, director, and comedian Holly Laurent, who is a creator of a podcast, Mega, about a satirical mega church. Um, just kind of like interview her. It's really funny, and Holly is really intelligent too. And uh, yeah, so this is a good conversation. If you guys want to listen to it, straight white American Jesus. Um, but in that, uh, I heard someone, one of the hosts or whatever, say what we focus on determines what we miss. And I just thought that that was really interesting. Um, I think it's, you know, not wholly dissimilar from like missing the forest for the trees kind of thing. Um, but I just, I've thought it was so interesting because here we have our own podcast where we talk about Koreanness or adoption, uh, sometimes gender, sometimes religion, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and I just remember, you know, on the wake of, thinking back to the beginning of, of our stories and then, and how the show came to be, I just remember there being a lot of adoption talk, a lot of Asian American talk, you know, whatever. Uh, do you think that we can do that too much? Do you think that they're like, that like, while for many of us who are in kind of this current wave of awakening and learning how to walk, um, you know, like, do you think that we can focus on, on those things too much? Do we think that, we need to take a step back or is the amount that we're doing it good and right? And yeah, obviously a very personal question, but I'm just curious to hear your takes. I'm, I guess I'm still, I'm a little bit confused on what we're focusing too much on. Well, I think so, I need a little clarification. Yeah, so I just, I um, think about like how once I met all these new people, like I said mm -hmm. in the last episode, all the new community, whatever, then it was like, well, my whole feed is like, Asian Americanness or mm -hmm. adoptionness or whatever, you know, certain things ness or ism or whatever. But like, do you do you feel like the uh you have spent too much time, an appropriate amount of time, okay. you know, whatever I in those now. spaces versus like have you taken time to like zoom back out and think about other things? I understand now. And specifically over the last couple of years. Yeah. Been doing the yeah, yeah. Just because like that's such a massive shift. You know, and like to, to Patrick's point, like he ran full steam 110 yeah. miles an hour into right. it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that I was for a while far too narrowly focused, even up until I think like I hit that acceptance phase in May 2022. So just last year, like at first it was very Korean, Korean American focused. And like it was like the only thing I'm looking at. And then it was like you learn about I learned about adoptee stuff. And I'm like, oh, and that starts to creep in. And then all of a sudden, it's only the adoptee stuff. And so, like, that's all I'm thinking about and talking about for a really long time. And then, like, Atlanta happens. And it goes kind of shifts back to Asian stuff. But now it's like it got a social justice bent. And so, like, I'm taking in a lot of that kind of content, literature, information. Like, I'm really focused on that. And then it was, like, I feel like in May, like, that was when I took that step back. Like once I had a full, a more full understanding of myself and like that found that acceptance, I think I was able to take that step back and be like, okay, I've been really like hands in the bucket, like too, like, like you said, too much, too specific for too long now. And I think it's time to try and be more, not all encompassing, but be more, um, 
just have a wider range of what I'm trying to like things that I've been taking content that I've been taking books I'm reading what podcasts I'm listening to whatever it might be so I think I needed to at first kind of overindulge in certain specific things because I was learning so much and so new to the spaces um, but now I think with three years of work put in I say that now and it's like that feels like not very much <laughs> and I'm like okay maybe I need to do a lot more still but right I feel like I'm like okay I have kind of I I'm able to take the step back more when it's when I feel like I'm maybe overindulging too much again so and, and being more mindful of taking in more and different perspectives especially from an Asian American sense because there's so many different groups of people that make up Asian America and it's really easy to focus on just the Korean aspect or just the East Asian aspect and that's not just like a me thing that's culture in general or society and pop culture in general how we've always talked about it so yeah. How would you say your your uh, <clears throat> time management has been as well? Because I know for you know the last couple of years we've had a couple moments, a couple of episodes where we've talked about being just really so involved in so many things that it was causing you know stress and stuff like that. How do you feel that is right now? Oh, I feel like a lot better. I feel like I've gotten a lot better saying no. Mm-hmm. I think especially now that a lot of my work I am trying to be like paid for the work that I'm doing. I think that takes precedence priority because I don't have a full-time job specifically where I have that fixed income. Like uh, my income is based on the stuff I'm doing for either this show or the, uh, my other show or the speaking opportunities that I'm doing or the types of the work that I'm trying to do in that space. And so I feel like a lot of my time is spent now focused on those things, developing those things to where, to the point where I am able to be like, especially from a community aspect, like really be, pick like pick and choose the spots where I can show up because I'm like, okay, I have capacity to do this or I can take this extra call or sit on and do like a consulting thing for somebody, uh, an organization or something like that and feel like I'm not overextending now. So I feel like I'm in a much, much better place than I was before. Cause I do remember those times where I'm like, mm-hmm. this fucking sucks. I'm yeah. like, I'm so overwhelmed and everything is terrible. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I know you're still doing a lot cause I know you went to, you know, your, uh, um, speaking event, uh, your moderating event, I guess, and other things, but I feel like you just seem more calm, more, um, you know, less stressed, uh, more focused, I think now. And so yeah. I I'm not really sure when that happened, but I, I have noticed that that's, that, that has happened. I appreciate it. And I mean, I could talk about the specific times. I don't know if I'm ready to specifically talk about when I found that calm. Cause I think it is mixed in with a lot of other things right now that I'm still processing and unpacking, but I did have a period of uh, like a, a few week period where I was found that phase, found that calmness and was like, all right, here I go. Like I, I was like, I got out of the chaos that I feel like had been happening. Um, and from multiple areas of my life and like found this kind of wasn't peace, but it was like motivation to be like, okay, I'm ready to tackle these things on my own. Cause I feel like I've learned everything that I've been learning over these last few years, everything that I've been doing, the conversations I've been having, the relationships that I've been building has been leading to this moment. And I felt like, okay, this is the moment. And Mm -hmm. that gave me a lot of calm, even though it's like I'm dealing with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of like, I don't know where that specifically where the next check is coming from. I feel like I know, but I don't know yet until it gets deposited in my bank account or arrives in the mailbox. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like all the work that I'm putting in is, is speculative, you know, income at the moment. And so, um, 
Yeah, but I mean, it's like, but it's work I love to do. Like, I'm really enjoying the things that I'm working on. And like, that makes a huge difference. And I feel like I have built the structure into all these things that I'm doing to know that I'm giving myself the appropriate amount of time to do all of those and also take time to myself, make sure I can hang out with my wife, you know, still go play basketball, all that stuff. That's great. To answer your question, KJ, uh, I'm going to relate it to my past um, um, experience as a wedding photographer. There's many times when, uh, you know, right before a wedding, I'd get like lists sometimes by brides and they would say, you know, can you make sure to get this, this, this? There was like a list of things that I had to focus on to get. And, um, you know, I usually found ways of kindly responding, saying that I, I don't work off lists. Uh, I'll look at the list and I'll try to remember, you know, certain things to get if they're really important. But I don't need a list of every single shot that I'm going to be taking because if you're focused on those, you're going to miss other things that you may need to be doing or something that is un. Um, you know, that is unforeseen or a spur of the moment emotion or something that's happening or something that they didn't plan on. And if I'm focusing on these other things, I can miss that. So um, for, for my life, I think I've always been pretty much uh, focused on what I, I know just based off experience and what uh, I know I can handle. And so I try to go with that route. I try not to go too much on on one side or the other. And I've I feel like I've done a pretty good job of doing that. I mean, people used to call me like my middle name was, you know, moderation. And I was never too extreme <laughs> on one side. Uh, you know, I wasn't ever too, uh, you know, lazy or too, you know, busy where I was, you know, pulling my hair out. And so I've always been right in the middle of of doing things and focusing on what I think I need to be focused on. That focus, of course, changes, you know, based off of different things as you're going through life, based off experience, you're like, okay, maybe I should be doing this and less of that. You know, and of course I say this, you know, standing here talking on a podcast and, and behind me there's a million Lego, but um, <laughs> I don't feel like my time is too much on one thing. And uh, same thing with adoption. I feel like I've gone in and I've gone into communities, I've gone into discussions, I've talked to people, gone to events, but I haven't done too much. Um, I mean, Ica's coming up, but it's right after Con. I know I can't go to both. You know, if I was really wanting to try and push and go to both, um, you know, that would probably stress me out. It would probably take away from my family and things like that. I and feel so attacked. Was, yeah. No, <laughs> no, yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you have the time, then right. that's great. I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the resources. Yeah, I don't have any to kids. Be, yeah, to be <laughs> gone for, for two weeks. And so, um, but I made that decision as much as I wanted to go to Korea, especially since I know that ICA is only every three years. Um, now I'm going to have to wait three years before considering going to the next one. So, um, but yeah. Do you ever feel like you should push and pull like a Patrick for anything <laughs> and like, just go like super hard and like make it like, do you feel like your moderation holds you back or like, I don't know. Do you like suffer from FOMO because you're like, Oh man, I, if I push this a little bit more, maybe I could have done it. Or are you like, no, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. No, I'm pretty good where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, I I know that I have gone. Uh, I'm not on adoption related things, but I know I have gone to points when I had less responsibilities where I was doing stuff every single day. You know, I when I would work, when this is when I had like a nine to five job, I would work nine to five, and then from five to eight, I always had something going on almost every single night of the week, and then on the weekends, I you know I'd go out and party or whatever with friends and and stuff like that. So I knew that that you know, you know, I had that capacity at one point. 
I don't. I know I don't have that capacity right. anymore. You say you're no longer 23. I'm no. <laughs> and also, like parenthood yeah. probably shifted that, right? Oh, completely. Like, com- like that was a pretty quick switch of you know how you're going to balance that priority and and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I've never been a morning person. I mean, if you'd seen me back in my 20s or even my 30s, it was I hated getting up in in the morning. Now I I rarely sleep past 6:30. I know that we've had that discussion. That's not really that early for some people, but for me, being that I I really never really got up that that early. Now I I can't sleep past you know, 637 is, is pretty much the latest. Even when I'm like on vacation by myself in a hotel room, I'll still wake up. Just like routine now. <laughs> it's just a reflex now. Yeah, it's built it in, it's internalized. What yeah. about you? Yeah, Peter? not to not to highlight like moderation versus like full on like passionately charging right, after right, something right. as mm-hmm. like bad one way or the other. But I just, it was one of those things where you're like, what I heard you say was like, yeah, I've just always been like pretty moderate. And so I just wonder, again, mm-hmm. thinking of like, if that's the thing that you are focusing on, if that's like a value mm-hmm. that you hold, is that like, do you miss out on certain experiences maybe that could only be had if you were going full throttle mm-hmm. or certain opportunities sure, or, you know, those kinds of things. And not that, I mean, yeah, essentially it's just FOMO because I think the choices that you make in life just that that makes you who you are, you know? Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that I've been thinking about and, and, it just struck me as so interesting. Um, like for me, I focused a lot on uh, race and religion. And I think somewhere along the way, like as I've, I think I've quietly charged full steam into that, like not, not pulled a Patrick, if you will. Um, and when I moved back to Texas, I was like, Oh yeah, I think I've, missed how to disagree well because I was finding so many people with whom I could agree. Mm, I was like actively focused on finding people who shared these new values that I had, or maybe these more well-articulated values that I had and those, you know, and I forgot like how to disagree. And, um, (laughs) it's funny, like, now, whenever I get news articles sent to me by anyone, I look at where it's coming from and immediately try to find the opposite of that to like figure out what the balance of the story is or something, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I opened Apple News uh, and heard about more shootings in, in America, but I think it was like a C, uh, like an NBC or a CBS headline. I don't know. Kind of like left-leaning. Right. Uh, so I was like, all right, well, let's go find some other news outlets and see like how other people cover this, you know, like, and that's a new thing just because I was like, oh man, I need to, I don't know why. I mean, I have some thoughts, but, uh, I was just like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm good at disagreeing. Well, I used to be better at giving people the time of day, I think, uh, because I, maybe because I was more naive, but I just, I, I appreciated being that, uh, generous with my time and my compassion and sure. i think i've just well hey, i just don't talk to people as much <laughs> so i meet new people <laughs> as much but i'm like oh man i gotta get back to that so yeah i don't know it's just just one of those, those things that i thought was really interesting and in the context of the conversation it was like this comedian is doing this podcast and the show and her stand-up and it's about religion and it's um someone commented on one of our posts you know like talking is healing and, and storytelling can be healing mm-hmm. And that's good and that, you know, rightly so. And laughter is good. 
and yet there's also maybe a time when you need to stop just laughing about it and maybe you need to right. go back in and like parse through and, and dig through like, all right, this is actually what it's done to me and kind of work through that on a more therapeutic level uh, and a more intentional level. And I think that's what I had been doing with religion for a long time. And now, I don't know, maybe I'll, I mean, I'm not, not able to laugh at it, but you know, just like coming back to, to what that is. I just, I just, it was just a good reminder for me to be mindful of where I am, be mindful of where I've been thinking about where I want to continue to go in the future. What things do you think we've, our show has missed that we've been, or, or maybe not missed, but have been too focused on, which has caused us to miss things? Not that it's, I wouldn't say it's like too focused on necessarily. Um, but I think that we, for as much as we may or may not be, uh, quote unquote lauded for being three dudes who talk about this, mm. Uh, I definitely think like, especially when we were talking about Joyride, as I listened back to that episode, I was like, man, we didn't talk about what it meant for this to be like a female comedy that looks fantastic. Sure. Just like mm-hmm. driven sure, by sure, sure, sure. females, like in front of the camera, behind the camera, mm-hmm. like none good of point. that, none of point. that came up. It came up mm-hmm. marginally for a second and then we moved on because we were busy talking about like the what it means part from of the, it. yeah, from yeah. the adoption or Asian American. And yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what I mean? And yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. like, I, I regularly think that we we miss out on that or there have been times in people's stories even right. where, uh, like, a queer identity, um, whether gender or sexuality, like, we essentially don't have time because we are focused on, I mean, right. not that we, not that this should surprise anyone, like, we were focused on things we wanted to be focused on, but I, and I, I'm like, one of the things that as we continue to, sh- to evolve, uh, I want to be able to take more time. Yeah. But honestly, I just don't have the, I don't know that I'm good at asking those questions, you know, and, uh, and th- that kind of thing. So yeah. And, and again, like if just being focused on Koreanness, right. and the Korean, mm-hmm. the Korean side, specifically the, uh, international side uh, the transracial side yeah. of adoption, you know, as if like adoption isn't more complex than that. <laughs> right. Know? So. I would I struggle with the the ability to talk about those things that I might not know about because I don't want to you know say something that's that you know granted I mean that that was we can talk about it in a way from our opinion but I don't want to like talk about like a you know a, how it feels to be you know uh you know female role in a in a movie or something like that like cause those those are the things that I guess for me that that's hard sometimes to bring up a conversation about that because I, I try to talk about the things that I know about or the things that I want to talk about and learn about, I guess. But, um, but to your point earlier, um, um, the one way of doing that I think is by learning about those things by looking at both sides of the story. And I'm, I'm curious, maybe the fact that you look at the news articles of both sides now is part of, um, your training from doing interviews and stuff and learning more about both sides of the story and not a, a monolith of not one side of a story of like, this is the narrative you're looking at all sides of the narrative now wanting to get the whole picture and, or have you always done that? Um, I don't think I've not always done that. And it's not out of like a, a storytelling perspective. It's not at all related to like the show. It's more just like, I have people who are only going to look at, especially like the right side of the story. Mm-hmm. And I might look at things more naturally at the left side of the story, but like I have to talk with people who, are right leaning all the time and who genuinely think of themselves as good and don't have a problem with the way that, you know, like just whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like, 
I don't want to spend my time rolling my eyes at them. I don't want to spend my time using language that's going to code me in a certain way if that's not the type of conversation that I'm mm-hmm. trying to have. Or you know what I mean? Like, sure. so I just need to. I I just realized. I guess I was like, you know what? I live in Texas, and I know as much as I want to believe I can find like x or y type of person like i know there's also a and b type of person and i just got to be i got to be able to like have a normal ass conversation with them and not be internally eye rolly all the time to be gen you know like all those kinds of things and as much as it's you know i don't know so it's more just like a i need to be a better human and as much as it aligns with like yeah this is i'm okay with us disagreeing on this point you know right. other times i'm like no i'm happy to disagree with you and just be like i don't want any more to do with it but yeah well it's like we can always approach anybody with empathy and mm-hmm. you know not be immediately on guard even though probably we already are just personally yeah. you know like we have these signals that say this person is this way and it's mm-hmm. hard for us to not be like to put those bias and prejudice aside especially in the moment even though we that's what we like we need to be training to do that training ourselves to be able to do that and i think to go back to the show's point to tie that to the to the show overall something i've been talking about lately and what i've been trying to do i've been asked the question like how do you um like how do we how do you react to current events and it's like well i want to be able to react from a place of knowledge and what that means is i'm proactive in seeking out that knowledge and so that means like whatever it's reading books having doing interviews or or wherever that information is coming from going out and trying to seek those other voices and i think on the show we can do a better job of being mindful in the moment of just asking those folks who carry those different identities to talk a little bit more because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's like we can tiptoe around it and try and like we're trying to be respectful obviously but we can also be more forthright in the fact that we don't know and we want to learn. And that's like how we can do it because this show also serves as a platform for other folks to be able to learn. And obviously, we got to be able to, ask, like KJ said, it's hard to ask the question sometimes. And maybe we don't know how to ask the question good, you know, in a way that is <laughs> that is respectful and mindful of that person and their identities. But I think in real time, we can do that. And that's okay to be able to to want to ask the question because we're trying to be proactive in that knowledge. And that means also when we have guests on, I mean, personally, I could be better about doing a little bit more of the reading or the heavy work prior, the homework prior to that guest coming on. I think it's especially when it's somebody who has done stuff in the past where there's like a body of work that I could like reference and be like, okay, I've done my homework on this person, like a Kim McKee or a J. Ron Kim who has, you know, been working in this field forever. It's like, okay, let me read your book. Let me check out your your articles. So I have an, a, a, a modicum of an idea of how to formulate a question, you know, and it's not like we're just going right off the form, but a lot of people only have the form. And so that's all we have to go on. So even just like spending a little bit more time sitting in that and being and thinking about trying to think about, okay, how can I formulate this question? Because at the end of the day, our conversations with guests are supernatural, like not supernatural, like ghosts, like <laughs> they are super, not metaphysical. They are, they are very natural. <laughs> uh, incredibly. <laughs> and so sometimes like in the flow of the conversation, like being proactive and knowing a little bit more about the guests per se, based on what the information they provide or what information is available can allow us to then, you know, have a appropriate response for questions or whatever the case might be. So, yeah. Well, and yeah. I think what you said too, about like, being able to essentially like put your walls down. I think that's the thing is like, I have been like since 2020, I just had my walls up 
Mm, and yeah. uh, I think I was so focused on like everything behind the walls is wrong. And I was like cleaning house. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that I forgot that I put my walls up. So again, to the earlier point of like what you focus on determines what you miss. Like I missed that my, my walls were up and I don't, mm-hmm. that's not who I want to be. That's right. not ever who I've wanted to be. And for a long time, I was really good at that because for a long time I was really secure in my identity and then my sure. identity just like got rocked. But now I'm pretty secure in it again. Right. That's, yeah. So yeah, that's another I, thing too. I yeah. have the yeah. privilege now of being able to like, all right, these walls are coming down. So I'm going to yeah. march around them seven times and then shout real loud. Yeah. I definitely feel defensive on certain topics now more so, but at the same time, not on others. So because I think because of the knowledge that we have learned and, and experienced over the last few years, the people that we've talked to and, and just the things that we've learned um, has definitely changed my opinion on a lot of uh, conversations with country uh, music. Other people. <laughs> <laughs> country music, yeah, right. Well, it's the thing. It's easy to react from a place of emotion. You know, yeah. because we all feel that and we can like be triggered instantly when we read a headline or hear something in a conversation. It's a little bit more, it's a little bit of something else to react from a place of that knowledge. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, you don't necessarily have to take the emotion out of it, but you give the emotion context. Like, and you're able to have a more nuanced conversation, like when you're reacting to that current event. Like when mm-hmm. something terrible happens, it's like, well, I want to be able to speak from a, of a place, not of authority, maybe, but at least of a place of like, okay, I've... I know a little bit about this topic that I can speak of, yeah. even if it, I don't necessarily inhabit that identity or whatever it might be. Right. So I think that's what I've been focused on a lot is like trying to be more proactive in that knowledge and then seeking that knowledge so I can react in an appropriate way. Nathan, I think that's also why I like reading things from lots of stories because, or from mm-hmm. lots of angles is because like, if however I react to my phone, my phone doesn't care. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I've had my quick reaction moment, and then I can like whether it's like, yeah. oh my god, I didn't know that, and I feel bad about myself, and like sp- take up. I can take up space feeling bad about myself when it's just myself, mm-hmm. uh, or I can take space being angry at like how the, an article is written when it's just an article. But if it's right. a person, hopefully I've already reacted to that quickly and in private so that I can react slowly and gracefully in person, you know? I'm still so. struggling with that because uh, I forget that I have three little ones running around sometimes <laughs> and I'll be on my phone and I'll like, oh crap, there's another shooting. And you know, and it's just like Allison's like, because yeah. you know, we try not to talk about that in front of them. So, yeah. but it's, it's sad that, that I have to even do that. So again, right. just another part of uh of yeah being uh in the world we're in right now so well speaking of uh reacting quickly or slowly um i wanted to kind of talk in a in a more imaginative scenario i guess um because so sarah and i've been re-watching fresh off the boat well i've been re-watching mm. she's watching for the first time right and i don't i don't know what stirred this up in me but uh just them being a chinese family and like being in america and whatever i don't know like there are regular story beats where the parents are like we just want our kids to be this kind of way and you know one will say to the other like well this is like why we moved to america to give them the opportunity that we didn't have whatever you know blah 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 but oftentimes it's all around like are they going to be essentially like chinese enough are they going to enjoy that they're chinese are they going to whatever I think something that we've talked about is like, uh, like recently talking about just like Korean traditions and how fun that is for us. Mm. Uh, but what if when we have kids, 
uh, slash when your kids grow older, Nathan, uh, they reject some part of the identities that we have been working on growing on ourselves <laughs> because they're like, there are kids, you know, they're just like, yeah. I don't know. My dad's super into Koreanness, So I'm just, I don't like it because he's like always talking about it or, you know, whatever, something <laughs> like that. Like, what do you do with that? Or like specifically for Patrick and I, like our kids will be half white. What if they just choose to reject all of the Asianness in them, especially if they look super white passing and yeah. you're like, what do you, what do you do with that? How do you, yeah. So I actually have an answer for this because I feel like I, when you first asked this, when we were talking about this before we started recording, I wasn't sure how I would answer this question because I've been thinking about it a lot too. And it actually, now that I hear you talk about it that way, like it's the same advice I would get, I give to adoptive parents right now. It's that we have to be willing to give them our kids the opportunities to engage in the culture, regardless of whether they like it or not. Because when I was a kid and I had my parents took us to the one Korean convention thing and we left there, I didn't like it. And so they were like, okay, why would we ever take him back to that or expose him or have him engage in Asian stuff? He clearly doesn't like it. And so I never, we didn't have those opportunities. Those weren't there to be able to take part in. So obviously I continue to reject and reject because I don't have any basis to like climb out of that rejection. And so like you have to be giving those opportunities to your kid, I think. And then two, you also have to be willingly and actively engaging in it yourself. And I think for us, it's a little mm -hmm. bit easier probably because we're doing it now. And like, we're like, you know, we're figuring this out and we're also not white. <laughs> like, and like we have like an easy, like a, a different tie into like engaging with culture and, and, you know, a, a, a broader, more stable foundation of that culture, uh, like an existent foundation, you know, so Honestly, like I could do a lot better of incorporating more culture, Korean cultural elements into my life. I don't, I feel like, to be honest, haven't done a good job of it to, to truly. And I thinking about that a lot because of thinking about kids and all of this and, you know, thinking about our family growing and it's like, okay, I need to be doing this because I can't tell an adoptive parent, like give them that advice and then do the exact opposite. <laughs> and then end up in a situation like not dissimilar to my own growing up where I was, my kid is now rejecting their identity and I don't have anything to give them or I'm not providing them the opportunity mm -hmm. to like actually explore that if they so choose to do so. Cause you never know. They could be come home one day and be like, Hey, I saw a really cool K-pop thing and now I'm in <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. You know, like they're like, okay, let's, I want to participate in the food thing that you do. I don't know. See, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, that's, a, that's, that's that's my thought about that for sure. I think that that's great. I mean, honestly, the um, what you said about us learning about our culture to better understand it ourselves and to introduce it to our kids is key. I think, um, and also leading by example and not you know just you know going back to avoiding things or right. not talking about things. I think the education that we've, the information and education that we've had ourselves uh, over the past few years, I think will be very helpful for our kids in the future. Um, because even if we're introducing it a little bit at a time, I mean, we're not going to go crazy and say, nope, you got to, you know, do this every day for the rest of your life kind of a thing. I, I don't think we're going to do that. We're going to just show them, you know, here's what we do, here's what I've done, here's what I've learned, and let them kind of make those decisions on their own. Um, but honestly, you find something, I mean, this is about any parenting technique, when you find something that they like, you you 
You know, you focus on that. You want them to enjoy what they're doing. You don't want to, you know, force it on them. You don't want to force them to play piano. You know, so I'm just going to uh, play the John Chi show on loop <laughs> and just put it in the crib and be like, you going to learn now. And then, <laughs> then we'll be good. And then the first words will be John Chi. Hey, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the baby starts going. Bump, bump, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> hilarious. That's but, uh, hilarious. I mean, little things like, for example, for me, uh, you know, providing, uh, you know, a new year's soup, um, you know, it's just something that I'm not forcing it on them. I'm just doing it. If they want some, they can have some. If not, great. You know, yeah. but it's 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 uh, uh, at least introducing it to them to make it a tradition, so something that they like and enjoy. And then you know, if if we need to explain it, which we do, we, you know, we explain that. Um, Allison explains part of her culture, so she always discusses uh, you know some Japanese and Chinese um, history as well. I mean, we've done like which is actually kind of an Asian thing, uh, all Asia celebrates like a different type of children's day but mm. we'll, we'll do some of those festivities and stuff like that you know little little things uh, again it's uh, right they're still young but right. just introducing them to these little things i think is is just the way that we're going about it um if they reject certain things down the road then so be it those are their decisions um i again i'm i'm not the one i i take you know less of a a uh, um you know tiger dad panda dad kind of technique <laughs> So I'm kind of more of just like a, yeah, okay. You know, let's just uh, let you do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, I just, I wonder how much of it is like an eat your broccoli situation uh, mm -hmm. versus like, I don't know, like, yeah, I was walking when I was thinking about it and I just remembered um, there's this couple that I know in Springfield. Uh, it's a, an interracial couple and the wife is half Japanese. And uh, she was like, I don't really think of myself as, Asian and uh the the husband who's a co-worker of mine for a while um I just remember like like looking back on some of our interactions like now I'm like how could you say some of those things knowing that your wife is Asian and yet like mm, sure. in my perspective like for the most part she had like kind of rejected her Asianness her Japanese-ness maybe not her her Japanese-ness, but certainly her Asian-ness, right. which I think is an important distinction to make. But yeah, so I was just like, man, I would really kind of bum me out if we had a kid that rejected their Asian-ness and or Korean-ness. And we're yeah. just like, no, I'm, I'm white. And they were super white passing and they could get away with it. Uh, I mean, yeah, to your point, I think you can just like, no, we eat this soup every New Year's and you're going to deal with it because <laughs> this is what we do, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like when you make your own money, I guess you can go buy dinner for yourself but yeah uh yeah so it was just like one of those things i and i just needed to have that like quick reaction so that over the course of a kid growing up obviously it's not like a a, a quick reaction kind of thing but right yeah if, if i felt that i was like man i don't want to i don't want to react poorly i don't want to cause them to have identity issues for how i think they should be necessarily but yeah i was just like no nah, man i guess that's a, a potential future that would be sad for me. <laughs> well, and then so. I think I think tying it into that proactive piece of being like, I would need to learn from I need to just be know more mixed race people and understand mm -hmm. like what that experience has been like from their perspective. And like obviously my child's perspective or like life is not gonna be the same as theirs, but hopefully I can have, you know, at least a better understanding of that experience. So I can if I see something that's like something like that, like you said, be able to react appropriately. 
and not from this place of like, oh shit, like I don't know what to do because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, they're, they're living an experience I have no idea about. Because, well, I mean, as far as I know, <laughs> I mean, you've got I, like, some understand. idea. I mean, uh, a little bit for sure, but it's still different. Like, it's still yeah. different at the end of the day. Yeah, they have yeah. a claim to whiteness that maybe we won't. Right. It's have a little bit, yeah, it's in a the same different. way. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, yeah, not wholly dissimilar. Yeah. And I also find it hard because of the way we were brought up. Um, I also retract to certain things that are more whiteness related like you know i want to do these things more so because it's ingrained in me still sure i sometimes fight trying to get out of that i want to try to eat more noodles or try to eat you know know, have yeah yeah, yeah. more of that for not just myself but for my kids futures that i'm not just like hey let's go for mexican food i just imagine you yelling it's noodle time (laughs) we're doing noodles all this month (laughs) <laughs> hilarious <laughs> Nengmyeon November I like yeah. that I don't I don't like no. that we could do Nongshin, I'm not big on Nongshin not big November. on the Neng, Nengmyeon yeah that's alright mm. I just bought a new Nongshim ramen actually mm. well that sounds like we need to cut to the food food section so alright yeah. <laughs> well thanks for this conversation and yeah that was a great conversation helping me react well maybe we're learning how to react appropriately talking talking how to good talk well (laughs) talking good talk well with the john she talkers right after this Welcome back to the John G Show. Time to eat a snack. <laughs> it is it is a little different today. As we have mentioned in our previous episodes, we are now doing all Asian snacks. Well, not all Asian snacks, but we are broadening. Pan-Asian. Yes, we're broadening Pan- our snack selections to uh, more. A greater Asian region. Yes, and... And of course, non-expired ones. So this is actually good until June. So don't you guys worry your little uh, 2023. <laughs> 2023. Thank you okay. for double checking on that. Just yes. confirming. 2023. <laughs> um, and it is stored at a cool and dry place. No, I don't know. But uh, mm. we are eating what I thought looked like little lotus flower cookies. Um, but Dao Daozhong Boutique Food, I think, is the name of the company, and these are Jujube Paste Cookies. Well, these Jujube. are translation. Interesting. Yeah, Jujube. Haven't we had Jujubes before? I, feel like I don't think so. I don't what? know. I, I don't know what a Jujube is. A Jujube is a fruit. It definitely feels like an African food. Bean. Does that exist in Asia? Bean. I looked it up once. Uh, up so Jujube. yeah, this is a. a Daoshang Kun, maybe cookie. I see and that here. Yeah. I see maybe on pronunciation. It's D A O X I A N G C U N. But I did a quick Googs, and the Googs told me that it's a like pastry for New Year's. So oh, that's fun. Perfect. Cool. Well, that's that was is not surprising because it kind of looks like a moon cake to me, too. I was going to uh, say moon cake, too. And I'm like, is yeah. that an actual thing or am I making that up? No, that's, that's definitely a thing. Um, so jujubes I have had before now that I think about it. Um, I've had these on ramen before, but they're like little tart berries. Um, okay, these are berries, not chocolates. 
Yes. It, I know it looks dark. Whoa, it smells like like boba. Really? Yeah, like it kind of smells like uh tapioca balls. Yeah, so it looks like a flower, but um but the little dark spots I think are the jujube paste, like a little I don't know. I'm just gonna die. I'm just gonna eat the whole thing. Gosh. Oh. I got a side that. note, it's weird that it was packaged and then there's like a little plastic tray for it. I like I the little plastic tray. It. Look, you can eat over it so that all the crumbs fall into it. No. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't or have put the, whole thing, put the whole thing in that my mouth. That was a like mistake. Patrick did. That was a mistake. This thing is chalky. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I like the flavor. It tastes like raisins. Yeah, I was going to say dates or raisins kind of uh, texture to it. Mm. And dried fruit, I mean... Not too sweet. Mm. No, I'm really digging this little Thick. tray. I feel like very dainty with a little tray like this that I can eat over. It's really difficult to eat without crumbing my pants. I know, I'm crumbing everywhere, even with the tray. But... <laughs> I'm crumbing everywhere! That's <laughs> a shirt. Go put it on a shirt. <laughs> hmm. Mmm. Fig bars. It reminds me also. Oh yeah, of yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Only yeah. like a fig bar, it's like a fig flower. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay. Oh man, it's like stuck in my teeth. Room. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, that, that took would me be like hard to eat in bites. one I go. I can't imagine you doing that in one. I'm not gonna lie. Tough. Yeah, I was. I'm sure it was a lot. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. So I, I thought it was going to be <clears throat> more like biscuity or pastry based on the sides, uh, just based on how it looks. It was not. Um, so that was, was disappointing. The, was I also, I think because you had said early on, um, that it was more, uh, you thought it was like a bean pasty type thing. I was like expecting that. And I don't mm. like that flavor. So when red, it ended up bean. being... Yeah. Okay. Uh, when, it, when it ended up being more like date or raisiny, I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind this. Figgy actually is really the best description yeah. of it. Um, yeah, it just felt like a pretty Fig Newton with a mm-hmm. different kind of pastry, a more pale pastry on the outside, cake, bake thing. Uh, yeah. So overall, pretty balanced flavor. I yeah. would not recommend eating it in one bite, even if you can. <laughs> I um, can second that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a three and a half Ooh, pretty okay. good pretty good pretty good not for territory like i wouldn't to be like ecstatic to eat it again but i certainly wouldn't mind so if three and a half is pretty good what's four very good no four is like oh yeah i can get behind this what's yeah, four and uh, a half four and a half is like oh man this is just like stocked all the time quite this good is, yeah it's quite good it's just missing <laughs> that little sure it's missing that je ne sais quoi take it and is five end. je ne sais quoi then or is it five next is one? like Five, five is he's running out to go buy more. <laughs> yeah. I've never once seen him rate something at five and immediately run out and get more of it. Because <laughs> I'm a professional podcast in his pantry. <laughs> That's he a could great have point. tons of snacks that we've had on the show in this pantry. That's a great point. You know? I'm giving it a three. I think okay. for all those same reasons, except I think it was just good, not pretty good. I think it was just good. I wish that. The jujubes were chocolates, and then I would have bumped it up some more. <laughs> but I think that's just a personal preference of mine. And what kind of chocolates, though? Like a hard chocolate, a soft chocolate, like 
Oh, a soft chocolate because the the cake part of itself is so thick. Like you need yeah. it to have like something that just kind of melts. Probably make it easier to eat, to be honest. If it was a little bit a little bit more looser chocolate. I don't know what that means. Like a velvety <laughs> chocolate. You can't, you yeah, can't velvety, wish a jujube cookie to be a chocolate cookie and make it something it's not. I mean, I bought it as a jujube cookie to be. Well, fair. you know what? I, I didn't will, think about I, that. I bought I bought plenty of chocolate things for you. Remember our snack last week? <laughs> that was pretty tasty, right? That was Welcome very, to very tasty. Couples therapy on so the John if anyone Show. Else rem- or didn't see last week's episode? Yes, go <laughs> check that one out because that snack was tasty. Go um, check that out on yeah. YouTube, where I know people are watching because I see that we have views on our YouTube videos, which is oh, really? cool. Yeah, okay. uh, I am agreeing with KJ. Three and a half for me. Um, it's not quite a four yet, but uh, it does taste like a nice fig cookie to me. Um, balanced. It's not too sweet, not too figgy, um, not too. It was a little crumbly, but again, I I should actually you had a crumb in all you over. Tray, so yeah, I was crumbling everywhere. But the little tray that it came in, I actually might even bump it up a little more because of the little tray that it came with. Three point like seven five. Yeah, of the tray. give it three point seven five. You're right um, because of the tray, and it was easy to open, and it looks pretty. Um, so yeah, I, I really can't say anything uh, bad. It's you know. I, I will eat the other one that's sitting here. I'm, uh, I'm going to eat it later. I'm yeah. not going to eat it right now. Oh, you know what, though? As a New Year's cookie, would mm. definitely prefer this over some of the more traditional Korean rice cakes. Yeah. I think those, those Korean yeah. rice cakes are flavorless. AF. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really like some of those moon cakes either. Like you said, some of those do yeah. have the red yeah, bean yeah. paste inside, and it's it's just it's different. Not as good as this one was, for sure. It's um, However, different. the moon cakes are sometimes bigger. And I don't yeah. think I could handle one of these bigger. I think the size of this is appropriate. I think it's appropriate size li- yeah. as well. Agree. Yeah, I don't know. My wife really loves those mooncakes, and I'm just I can't get behind <laughs> it. So interesting. To it's each a personal their own. thing. Yep. Yeah. To right. each their own. Well, we've done it again. Another week. <laughs> another episode. 127. If you can who's freaking counting? believe who's it. Counting? Who's counting? I am every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and wouldn't that mean that we're like halfway to another year? We are. We uh-huh. are very close to mid mid year. Oh. Uh September. Well, no. <laughs> like we've crossed the mid year point because March is the midway point of September. Yeah, we're going to have to start talking about that uh that live show. We're going to have to talk <laughs> about the live show, folks. If you want to learn more or have questions about or just want to have general suggestions for our live show, you can reach out to us directly, johnchishow at gmail.com. You can also leave us a message at 972-677-8867. Got the number right first time. Um, <laughs> you can also just contact us in our DMs at John Chi Show and all the social media platforms. Or if you're feeling really frisky, you can go on to your podcast player that allows us for reviews and leave your suggestions there. That would be great. Uh, be fun to read that on air and also frisk away, frisk away. get high five for the five stars that you're leaving us as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> um, have to leave five stars. Otherwise, it doesn't count. But you can say whatever you want in the review. Right. right, right. It, it does have to be five stars. Yeah, you can leave us. Yeah. Leave us any reviews. Disparage the heck out of us. I don't care. <laughs> Just please make it a five star review. <laughs> okay. Don't say about it. Or give us five stars, but make it be like the rating to something else. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, or make actually, really I like funny that reviews idea. like on Amazon. You know, like the the strawberry cutter. Or oh, the that's all AI. Cutter. Yeah. Oh, really? No. <laughs> that's all Chat GPT. That's all Chat GPT. Yeah. Um. Where can oh, I find it, you? <laughs> well, 
before they do that, they can also support us on the show. If they go to johncheeshow.com backslash support, um, there are all the different ways you can do that and also find other stuff on there. I think I'm not 100% sure what's on there. You can also go on to Facebook and join us in the After Party, our Facebook group, The John G. Show After Party, where there is a party always going on after hours. We're definitely <laughs> there, all in attendance. We all have Facebook. It's fine. It's fun. It's fine. Um, Facebook is definitely not a dying platform. It's fine. (laughs) If you want to catch up with me, you can do that at Patrick in the world on all the internet. You can find me at KJ Rocky online, wherever I want to be found. Sorry. Nathan. I am in no walk on Instagram. Nathan, no walk on Facebook. (laughs) I'm still there. I'm still on Facebook. All right. Well, um, to all of our listeners, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Until next time, John Chi. Oh, got raisin mouth. <laughs>